The Iowa Wild season is in full swing. So how is Iowa doing so far? We put all eyes on Iowa on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, you can find Locked On Wild on your favorite podcast platforms for absolutely no charge. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we talk Iowa Wild with Ben Gislason, the voice of the Iowa Wild. We'll see the expectations for the team this year how they're doing so far, and we'll check in on some names that many fans of the Iowa Wilds and the Minnesota Wilds are curious about. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Thank you for, once again, choosing Lockdown Wild to start your day and uh, joined, as mentioned by the voice of the Iowa Wild, Ben Gislason. Ben, season is underway. Excited to uh, to have you back here uh, to discuss the Iowa Wild and... Um, it's just great to uh, have the uh, Iowa Wilds back on the schedule again. I uh, appreciate you having me on, Seth. And uh, I know I enjoyed coming on last season, and we certainly appreciate the coverage that, that your, your podcast and your crew continually gives us throughout the course of the season. And uh, just like last year, uh, plenty of faces and names that we're excited to have on our roster down here. Some of them, a lot of them are new faces, as I'm sure we'll get into as we talk more on this podcast. But uh, thanks so much for having me on, and I always love talking hockey with you. Now, for the season this year, just get us started with what the expectations were coming into the year. Obviously, you uh, were seeing Marco Rossi and Kalen Addison with the big club, and so those are some big losses for this team, but some exciting new faces with the roster. What were the expectations going into 2022-2023? Well, the expectations down here, regardless of what the roster makeup is, you make the playoffs. And those expectations were not met last season. Uh, back at the beginning of this season, right before we kicked it off on October 14th uh, for actually season 10 of the Iowa Wild down here, so our 10th anniversary season. Uh, but we had a team dinner uh, where all the support staff, myself included, uh, and, and then our coaching staff, general manager Mike Murray was there, and obviously the full team met and had dinner here at the arena uh, and Mike Murray, our GM, addressed it. He said, this is the last we're going to talk about last season. It wasn't good enough. We didn't make the playoffs, and that's not acceptable. This year we will. And so that is the expectation. Now, other expectations looking at this team, when you broke it down on paper and you looked at the fact that there were only 12 players that were on the Iowa Wild roster last year that are back on it this year, um, that's a lot of turnover, even for an American Hockey League team. And then considering the fact that of the players that have come in that have replaced the 14, 15 players that have since moved on from the Iowa wild. Many of them are under the age of 22, 23 years old. I think everybody was expecting that right away things wouldn't look maybe as good as they looked last season, because last year's team was really veteran laden supporting and, and, and cushioning the Rossies Addison to some extent, though he was a second year player. So he wasn't necessarily as much of a rookie, um, there were a lot of veteran presences in the lineup. There are still veteran presence in this lineup, 
but it's not as many and you see a lot more youth on this team. So the expectation was we need to get these players in here. We need to get them familiarized with each other. And the faster that can happen, the faster this team can and will get to winning. It hasn't happened quite yet on the winning side, but there have been some really great stretches of play from this young wild team where slowly but surely you're starting to see one, two players find chemistry, whether it's a D pair, whether it's a left wing center, whether it's a pair of wings, um, you're starting to see that chemistry start to develop. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but the stretches that we've seen over the first four games of hockey for the Iowa Wild this season, there's been a lot that looks promising. And it seems like a team that's on this kind of a plane where you're going to see them gradually get better and better and better every weekend. And unlike last year's team that started off really well, had a great month of October, good in November, ran into injuries in COVID in December and never really got back on the horse after they fell off. I think this year's team, you might see a little bit of that growing pain early, but once they get it rocking, I think it'll be one of the fastest Iowa wild teams that we've seen to date. Uh, you mentioned four games in the, uh, the team has uh, two losses and then two shootout losses uh, through those first four games. So you talked about uh, kind of starting to see that curve head up, but uh of those four games so far, who have been some of the guys that have uh, been leading the way so far? Uh, Sammy Walker jumps out right away. He's leading the team in scoring right now uh, through four games played. He's got two goals and an assist. Uh, he scored quite a tying goal on opening night in front of about 8,700 people here at Wells Fargo Arena. It was an electric atmosphere, and it was uh, the completing goal of a three-goal comeback where the Wild were at one point trailing 3 nothing in the second period, and they came roaring back. Sammy Walker has been brilliant. His speed is immense. He can get up and down the walls with a lot of pace. I've really liked the way Sammy Walker has, has entered into his professional side of his career. Nick Swainey's off to another good start. He has two two goals in three games played. Um, I, I think Adam Beckman is coming. Uh, he was one of two players, Mitchell Chafee, who is still, he's, I think Chafee had 11 shots on goal through two games in the opening weekend, still hasn't found the back of the net yet. So he's what I, I'd put him on the snake bit list right now. It's not that the chances aren't there. Uh, they just aren't falling yet. And I, we all know how that goes when a player of his ilk scores for the first time. Usually there's a lot to follow. I expect that to be the case for Chafee. Beckman was on a similar line to that where he had a lot of shots opening weekend, no goals, uh, scored a game-tying goal in the final minute on Saturday last weekend uh, or, uh, in a game against the Texas Stars that sent us sprawling into overtime. Um, so there, there's it, it's the usual cast of characters right now that are jumping off the page. On the back end, uh, I've seen Damon Hunt log a ton of minutes for just a 20-year-old playing in the American Hockey League. Uh, a blue line that is extremely young. Specifically, they did not have Andre Schuster to start the season. He came down and brought a really steadying presence uh, on Saturday night last weekend against Texas. Uh, he was not with the club. He was in Minnesota with the big club during the opening weekend of AHL play. Uh, a big, big factor, I think, for, for Iowa is having him in the lineup. Uh, we're still without Dakota Mermis, um, who's technically still a member of the Minnesota Wild right now because he's waiting essentially for – uh, the roster spot to clear up here and to get off the injury list, which he's been on since preseason. But him and Schuster will bring a lot to a back end that uh, the great note that I got from Tim Army, I think it was Friday night against Texas last weekend, Texas's blue line. I think they had north of 1,400 professional games combined. Iowa's blue line that night had just over 400. And I think it was 360. Some of those 400 games were played by one player and that's Joe Hicketts. So that's how young that blue line was 
on the opening three games of the season. Schuster adds, obviously, hundreds of NHL games and some AHL experience to that. So that steadied things out a little bit Saturday. But young is the word that comes to mind with this team right now. It's really young. But uh, getting back to the defenseman, Hunt has been solid. Uh, Simon Johansson had a marvelous game, I thought, on Saturday. Uh, made a beautiful stretch pass on a Sammy Walker goal where we got to see not only, I think, why the Wild drafted Simon Johansson when they did in the fifth round because he's always got his head up. He's always making long stretch passes, and he connects a lot of them. And then the speed of Sammy Walker, which we've talked about too. That was a beautiful breakaway goal. Um, so those are some of the guys that have jumped off the page to me. Uh, Jesper Volstead has looked sound. He's looked solid. He's looked fundamentally very, very good uh, in his opening two performances. Both have been shootout performances. I'm wondering if you're sitting here thinking, can we have one to stick to regulation? <laughs> you guys are always looking to me to come up with a big shootout save uh, and, and has done well. I mean, the first night it was a seven-round shootout, um, so he did his part. Uh, Wild just could not muster more than one goal in that shootout. Nick Patan scored the lone shootout goal in that game. But lots of young faces, lots of fresh faces, and a team that, I, to me, it's it's about staying in the pack early. You, can, you, you can't get yourself in the playoffs in the opening two months of the season, but you could maybe play your, your way out of it. So this is a, an Iowa team that fans may have to be a little bit more patient with than they want to be. But the belief in this room right now is that if you can just – stay in the pack early as these 20 year olds and 21 year olds get acclimated to play and you turn the, into the new year. And all of a sudden you've got Damon Hunt who's 25, 30 games in, you've got Ryan O'Rourke who's 25, 30 games in Volstead's maybe had 20 starts by then. Um, and you see maybe Sammy Walker, does he keep up on this pace? You start to see these younger players turn into more, or I should say less rookie like players and more mature players. And that's when all of a sudden your team can be pretty deadly down the stretch in the second half of the year. We're going to dive into a, a few of these things because I know a lot of Wild fans are very curious about uh, Volstead. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how he's acclimated to his first season in the AHL as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. They are your number one source for betting on the NFL, college football, as well as the start of the basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, plus team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, the NHL, you name it, they've got it. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure for your second listen, you're checking out the Game to Game podcast, giving you a full recap of everything going on in the NHL from our local Lockdown Wild experts. Uh, ben Gisselson joining us to uh, discuss the Iowa Wild here today. And Ben, I wanted to, uh, you mentioned uh, Jesper Volstead getting a, his first few starts in the AHL. How has he been acclimating to life at the AHL level? Obviously, there's been uh, some discussion from fans up uh, with the big club that they'd love to see him sooner than later. But how has he been handling the process of just kind of getting used to the swing of things? Well, it helps that this guy's been playing pro hockey since he's 15. It, it, it was something that jumped off the page to me when I first met Jesper. 
And I realized he's 19 years old going on 30, it seems. He is so mature for a, a kid of just 19 years old. Not only he looks mature, he's a broad, wide, tall man um, at just 19, but just the way he carries himself, uh, the way he interacts with people. Uh, I, I, I remember thinking similarly about Matt Boldy when I first met him when he came down here. There are just some players that, for whatever reason, whether it's 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 learned or whether it's just bred into them, and they are just maybe more mature than others. So there's some players that just get it, and right away I thought Matt Boldy got it, and I think we're seeing how much he gets it now with what he's able to do at just his really first full season in the National Hockey League, and what a great start he's had. But I. Not saying that Volstead's going to be coming up this year and doing what Boldy did last year in his respective position, um, but I see a lot of the same in Volstead that I saw in Boldy, where he's at the rink, he takes care of himself away from the rink, he he's here early, he stays late, he works on little details of the game. Um, he's not um, flustered by being in America. He's not flustered by being away from home. I mean, this is a young man at age 15 who, who he knew he wanted to be a National Hockey League player. And so he left home and moved 10 hours away into northern Sweden uh, from his home in Vesteros, Sweden, uh, to go play pro hockey. And he's done that ever since. Uh, he lived on his own since he was 15. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what life would have been like when I was 15 living on myself. I'd have been a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> so this is a guy that clearly he gets what it's like to be a pro hockey player Yes, it's the American Hockey League. Yes, he's one level away from the National Hockey League, and that's different. But I think he's really almost acclimating, thinking, well, it's just another year, another year of pro. It had the bright lights, the big stage has not shocked him at all. He's so composed, he's so calm, and he's a fierce competitor. Um, now, looking at, at things the way Garen has handled players in his time as a general manager, it certainly seems like he's someone that is more apt to let someone over ripen in the American league than bring them up too early. Um, this is strictly based off of watching his trends, not talking to bill in my own right. Um, I have no inside information on what he <laughs> is or isn't going to do with Jesper, And I don't want to purport that I do. Um, but especially with goalies, uh, you, you you've heard way more stories throughout hockey of the goalie that was brought up too early as opposed to the goalie that stayed too long in the American Hockey League. And so I would, I would be led to believe that, yes, obviously I've, I know Minnesota fans are, are clamoring for him, uh, much like they were clamoring for Marco Rossi at some times last year. But um, there's a process to it. Not only do these players need to grow in their on-ice play, but they all need to grow in their off-ice uh, off structure as well. And that includes Jesper, even though I've just spoken so glowingly about how mature he is. He is somebody that um, is still 19 years old. He's living in America for the first time. Say what you want about even though he was 10 hours away from his family in Sweden, at least you're still in the same country. This is a new continent. He's across the world. Um, he's got to set up FaceTime calls with them based off of their sleep schedules and his sleep schedules and his travel schedules. So it is very different. Um, and that's all part of the American League experience is getting these players acclimated to what it's like to play in what many consider, and I consider the second best league in the world, um, and also to get them ready to be a pro because the pros themselves talk about the off-ice part of being an NHLer or an AHLer almost more so than the on-ice part. If you talk to any of these guys that have made it and that talked about the AHL, almost to a letter, almost all of them 
we'll we'll go to the off ice first when you ask them okay what was it what was the american league like for you matt boldy what was the american league like for you brandon duhame and so many of those guys will say yes the on ice i learned but off ice is where i really grew because i was whether i'm duhame and i was at providence whether i'm boldy and i was at boston college or you're playing major junior it's so vastly different to be at the pro level um, but to, to land the plane, Jesper Volstead comes in with a pro pedigree in Sweden, and that's only going to help him get there quicker than maybe some people might expect. Uh, final one before we kind of shift to looking at 10 years of Iowa Wild Hockey, because as you meant the, mentioned, the 10th year of Iowa Wild Hockey this year, so we want to make sure to uh, to celebrate that as well. But you, you talk about players like Rossi, Boldy, Addison, getting to the NHL level. And, you know, there are some guys on this Iowa Wild roster that have had NHL experience, want to get back there. Do you see a difference in demeanor or preparation or even just the way that they go about their business for some of those guys, you know, like Adam Beckman, like Mitchell Chafee, that have gotten up to the NHL level for uh, a handful of games and are really eager to get back there? There's definitely a hunger there that wasn't there before they got those call-ups. I think... Obviously, these are players that have dreamt of the National Hockey League level their entire lives. And as every player moves up the ladder closer and closer to the NHL, um, you obviously, I would imagine, not that I get anywhere near that in my career as a player, um, but I would imagine you get hungrier. And because you're all of a sudden you're on a track and you're thinking, I might get there. For a long time, it's a dream. Maybe it's a pipe dream, and then it becomes a dream. Then all of a sudden, it becomes an option, and then maybe eventually, for the very seldom few, it becomes a reality. And so, for a guy like Chafee or a guy like Beckman, um, the fact that they've been there, they've debuted, they've had the 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 charter plane trip, they've eaten the meals, they've sat next to Kirill Kaprizov, or they've sat next to Mark Andre Fleury, or, or name that player, played against X player been in an original six building, whatever it is, the fact that they've done that now, that only is going to make them that much hungrier to get back. Um, and, and I know for Beckman and Chafee, they were some of the last cuts coming out of camp that had to be hard for them. But the thing that I think back to with, with both Beckman and Chafee is they're both very humble and they're both very, very driven and so those are two players that are going to take that news. It's going to piss them off. Uh, and, and I think Bill Guerin would hope that it pisses them off. Um, but then they're going to come down here with a renewed sense of drive because coming in now to year two and change for Beckman, if you want to call it that, because he had that brief stint two seasons ago when he went back and forth in the WHL and then year three for Chafee, they have to feel like they're as close as they've ever been to potentially cracking that spot. They're, an injury or a player's game going the wrong direction away from getting that next look. And then obviously as these looks come guys like Chafee, guys like Beckman name that player, they want that look to be the last time. Um, now, whether it will be or not, a lot of other other factors come into it. Um, but the fact that you're so close and that you've been there now and you know what it feels like, and you maybe know a little bit more about what you'll have to do then to stay there. The next time you get that chance that has to just, be in your gut at all times if you're Beckman or Chafee um, to try to get back and do whatever you have to do to get back and, and when we're the uh, the big wild crest on your sweater. Yeah, and those guys, you know, with what the wild have with the salary cap the next couple of years, they're going to get their opportunities, and so it's all about just maximizing it. Uh, ben, we'll finish today by talking about 10 years of Iowa Wild Hockey as we 
put all eyes on Iowa to finish up today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol joined by Ben Gislason, the voice of the Iowa Wild. Ten years of Iowa Wild hockey, and I think this comes at a fun time because the organization has added the Iowa Heartlanders to the mix and getting a chance to see them go from their inaugural season to now year two. Uh, let's let's just talk a little bit about the Heartlanders uh, here. How much fun was it to see that franchise as part of the Wild organization get going and and put in that work to get that full season uh, under their belts? It's been spectacular. And, and the, the corridor that, that the Minnesota Wild have built now really running on Interstate 35 to the south, down here in Des Moines, and then Interstate 80 out to the east. Um, the fact that you have three teams within, uh, let's see, probably five hours from Coralville to St. Paul, but two over from Coralville to Des Moines, three and change up to St. Paul, it's just, it's exceptional. It, it's a wonderful partnership uh, between the, the trio of those teams. Um, and the benchmark was set by how Minnesota handles us. Um, and, and we get such support from them. Um, we are not just here to be used at their disposal. I think case in point was them deciding to have their preseason team retreat down here in Des Moines. And we had an open practice where we had uh, just about a little shy of 2000 people on a Tuesday, late morning afternoon at Wells Fargo arena, come oh. to watch a national hockey league practice. Uh, that was just, it was incredible um, to watch the commitment from a place that I think a lot of people wouldn't look at and say Des Moines is a hockey town. I would challenge people who'd want to say that. Um, and I think case in point is that Tuesday morning uh, here at Wells Fargo <laughs> arena a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it, it, it's a great point you bring up, Seth, the duality between now the Iowa Wild, who 10 seasons ago, I'm not going to make believe that I was here for it. A guy, I think he's right up above my left shoulder right now. Joe O'Donnell was here for it. He could talk more about it. Uh, he's always looking over my shoulder. I, I joke with him sometimes. Now, of course, the great uh, radio voice, the Minnesota Wild, but he was here for those opening seasons. And, um, and, and he'll tell you, I've talked to our VP of business operations, Allie Brown Kornick, about it as well. She was here since day one. Uh, Minnesota's VP of marketing, Todd Fredrickson, who is still our acting president. He was a guy that was here from the beginning and they've all talked about it. It's really hard and it's challenging. And it's sometimes one foot on a banana, a banana peel uh, when you're starting a franchise from a, from a, a fresh like that, even though they were the Houston arrows, they only brought a handful of people up from that team or from that team. And it's, it's a, it's a brand new building. It's a brand new market. And there's a lot of challenges that come with it. And the Heartlanders have met those challenges head on in Coralville uh, they did not have a great opening season last year on the ice. The Iowa Wild in year one did not have a great opening season. It's hard to field a team brand new like that. And so the Heartlanders, though, they have a beautiful facility. They have a really good staff over there. And they have people that know how to get the job done off the ice from a front office perspective. And I really have a lot of good things to say about Derek Damon, their general manager and head coach. He's a good man. He's young. He's hungry. And I think he's going to take that team in a really good direction. So I, I think it's fun to watch them work through the muck of an early franchise and the growth that I've seen from them year one, even in year two, I think back to, we played our first preseason game there last October, uh, two games. And we did the same this year. And just the difference in game ops, the difference in feel, how smooth things were, everything was just, was vastly different and vastly improved 
from the, our first year experience there. And it wasn't a calamity our first year either, but just the noted difference that I saw in how smoothly things ran now in our third and fourth preseasons, preseason games at Xtreme Arena in Coralville compared to our first and second in October of 2021 just shows that this team is headed in a great direction. And um, we've seen the impact that uh, a sports franchise can have on a city in Iowa here in Des Moines with now 10 seasons under our belt. And we're expecting the same from the Heartlanders east of us here in Coralville. Well, and the, the great thing about all of this, just to kind of bring it full circle and, and wrap up today is, you know, l- what we're doing right now is that there are enough fans of the Minnesota wild out there that are genuinely curious about how things are going with the Iowa wild and the Iowa Heartlanders to where, it gives me the opportunity to uh, to check in and see how things are going, and there are people who are curious about every player up and down that roster, and so it just it feels like a full organizational family, and it just it's it's great to see everybody working together towards that uh, that common goal because as you know as the Minnesota Wild win that uh, that helps out the Iowa Wild, and as the Iowa Wild win that helps out the Heartlanders, and it's just. It's one cohesive unit that uh, that is working together, uh, in my estimation, very, very well. That is the message, and it really starts in Minnesota. Um, Bill Guerin is such a he's such a, a positive influence on the American Hockey League. He holds it very dear. He worked in it. He was the general manager of Wilkes-Barre Scranton back when he was in the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. He understands the value of it. He played in it a little bit before he went on to obviously have his star-studded National Hockey League career. He understands the value of it. He understands that not only uh, is it important to have your prospects come through there, but it's important to invest in the organization too. Um, The other side of my business with the team here is team services. So it's planes, trains, automobiles, you name it. I'm handling the the travel and and handling uh, a litany of other duties that come up throughout the course of a day, helping these players and, and the staff and, and et cetera. It's really, we don't have enough time to talk about the latitude <laughs> of the position. Um, but the one thing that I always tell people is what's really nice is the Minnesota wild. If it's going to help the player, if it's what's best for the player, we do it. And, 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 and to, to have that in my back pocket, when you have to make a quick situation, a quick decision in a, in a, in a quick situation on the road or something's going wrong, um, that is something to me that, that I don't think that's how all national hockey league teams operate with their American league clubs. And that's how Minnesota operates with us. And, and, and so they care first and foremost about, we need these players to be taken care of to the finest degree that we can offer because we want them to develop and we want to put them in the most conducive environment to develop. And that type of environment is only going to breed what we've seen. And that is, a very steady stream of players coming out of Iowa, whether they're first round picks undrafted or mid round picks and contributing at the national hockey league level over the last three to four or five seasons now is really where, not that it wasn't as much early, but really the last five seasons is where we've seen all of a sudden players jumping onto the scene and not only showing up and contributing when the wild need them, but sticking full time and becoming players who we're seeing jerseys at Exxon Energy Center now of the Duhames, of the Boldies, of the Rossies. Um, it, there's just it continues to be a steady stream, and I think this year's team is no different. Um, certainly, Minnesota right now seems pretty set, but as we all know, that can change in a heartbeat. Whether it's an injury or whether it's somebody down here getting hot at the right time um, and an opening up there happening, 
uh, and our players are extremely hungry to get up there. But the one thing that I always come back to is they're extremely well taken care of down here. And that all starts with Bill and his staff up top. And it starts with Craig Leopold. Uh, he was here for our home opening game on October 14th. Uh, I, I'd be curious how many owners throughout the National Hockey League uh, come down to American League games throughout the course of the season. He came down and was here for the game. I believe Matt Maka, the president of the Minnesota Wild, was here for that game as well, and a host of other people who are our top dogs in the Minnesota Wild organization. So um, the, the care level is really high uh, with the Minnesota Wild organization, and we feel it down here. And that just makes coming to the rink that much more special for us each and every day. Ben, we appreciate the time today. I'm looking forward to getting a chance to check in on the Iowa Wild throughout the season. And we'll be doing more of these. There will be some player interviews that uh, that get thrown in with these Iowa Wild check-ins. So really, uh, really excited to uh, be doing these for a full season this year. And uh, best of luck over the next couple of weeks. And we'll, uh, we'll chat with you again uh, down the road. Seth, always a pleasure. You guys do a fabulous job. We appreciate how much you guys keep your eyes locked on Iowa down here, and we'll look forward to doing it again and, of course, getting you some players to talk to throughout the course of the season. Listeners, make sure you are following along with Locked on Wild so you can keep tabs on the Iowa Wilds and the Minnesota Wild as well as we keep you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.